1460 KXNO's Thirsty Thursday continues now as we head north to Whiskey River and Ankeny for the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mechdyne. Now, here are your hosts, Jared Stansberry, Brent Bloom, and Chris Williams. Hello, it's the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by our friends at Mechdyne. On Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO AM. Jared Stansberry, no Brent Bloom, no Chris Williams tonight. We are full disclosure pre-recording the show just because, uh, just for different reasons. Chris Williams is gone. Brent Bloom couldn't pre-record. So Rob Gray's here. What's up, Rob Gray? Yep, yep. You always always turn to me in your time of need. Well, you know when when I'm feeling down or when I'm uh, when I'm struggling, there's nobody that I turn to. Before I turn to Rob Gray. I appreciate that. I've, uh, I've, I've tried to be that guy for you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you, man. But uh, no, you're, we're going to talk some Iowa State basketball season coming to a close here. Uh, then maybe talk a little bit of football, just depending on how much time we have. And uh, But first things first, Iowa State coming off of a 77-71 loss to West Virginia on Tuesday night in the home finale. Um, it was kind of a interesting game because I think it was almost like a full like exemplification of Iowa State's home schedule where there were some really bad moments but then there were also some moments where that were pretty good that uh, you know you look at it and it's like man if you saw this team every night then maybe they wouldn't be 12 and 19 or whatever they are yep. uh, or 18, 18 I think yeah. 18 but but then they they just like don't maintain that enough to keep themselves from being twelve and eighteen. Yeah, um, there was one difference, and I was looking it up as it went. I mean, the Cyclones are now one of fifteen when one and fifteen when trailing at halftime. And it, for what was the one? Uh, I can't even think of what it was. I didn't even look it up, but I just looked at that number and said, "Wow!" And down thirteen at half, and the way they ended the half. Yeah. And those are the games that usually they end up losing by at least 15 points at home. You know, it's it's interesting because it was a rare non-blow. I think of the Oklahoma State win as kind of a blowout, even though it ended up being seven because they were up so big in that game. Yeah. Um, but it seems like it's a blowout one way or the other. And when they play good teams, which West Virginia still is, despite having lost six or seven coming in, the defense is a constant and was good most of the night for them. Um you know, th- that was an unlikely candidate to, to, to maybe pull off a rare win like that. And for a while, it looked like they were going to do it. When they retake the lead, I think it was on Bolton's free throws, uh, up by two at eight minutes into the second half. And then West Virginia kind of puts it on them again. I mean, just state. I thought the defense was better, but I think West Virginia's offense is really bad. Right. Um, well, yeah, it's like in the second half, they played good enough defense to remind West Virginia that they were horrible on offense. Yes. And in the first half, it just the defense was almost non-existent to where West Virginia could score 44 points or whatever it was. Yeah, and shoot 56%. And it should have been 70%. They missed uh, so many five layups, or six layups. Dude. Oh, my gosh. That team is so bad offensively. Oh. It's, I mean, it's... It's stunning how bad yeah. they are offensively. I mean, they, they well, you almost don't expect them to ever make a shot. Well, it's obvious that they've been searching for stuff because they've got ten guys who average three plus points and no more than basically eleven and a half. So it's all spread out. Miles McBride, who was big in that game, is uh, comes off the bench. I think he started two games and he was uh, he was very clutch for them. Maybe one of their better shooters from outside. Um, that yeah, all those guys are kind of like 
good one game. I mean, Chibway is is a is a constant in terms of on the glass, but at one point in that game, I think he was one or two from the field and yeah. not really having an impact. And he was such an impact player early in the season when they were six and three in the league, I think top 15 nationally, and then they've just fallen off the map. His numbers, I looked at some of his numbers in a couple of those games. I mean, he got like four points, six points, five rebounds. And I'm like, that guy, how does he not knock on the door of a double-double every night? Right. And he's had a number of them, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them, but uh, they weren't very impressive on uh, on Tuesday night. Um, I think the Cyclones should have gotten that one. Um, like you said, the lapses, the, the the stints were just nothing went right or, or the reason they didn't. Well, and they go through those stretches offensively where it's like they can't, they can't miss, you know? You get Prentice Nixon who hits like three straight threes. Yeah. Uh, you get Razier Bolton where he's hitting the 30-footer step backs yeah. and just like – I mean, they went into a mode where it was like, man, like we can't do anything on offense. Let's just throw it up. Yep. If it goes in, it goes in. And they were going in, you know, and that's where they're able to make their run. And uh, West Virginia wasn't scoring. I think they got up four. But it's like they got up four and you're still like you're sitting there like, I mean, this is going to take about 10 seconds for West Virginia to erase this. Yep. You know, like it does. It doesn't even feel like they're winning. I mean, yeah. that, that, that to me was where it's just like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, I mean, the scoreboard says they're winning, but are they? Yeah. You know, like yeah. they're, they're just making some shots that they normally probably wouldn't. Yeah, that's, that, that's a good point. And I think they played a pretty good game. And whatever I said about West Virginia, I mean, it is still a good team because they're so elite defensively. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just a... They're going to get beat by like a... I mean, they're going to probably end up being like a... I don't know. 10 seed yeah. in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, because they'll lose. Nine seed They'll probably, or I would think they'll lose to Baylor, even at home. Yeah. This weekend, and then who knows? They haven't historically been very good at the Who would they the play in the, in the first round, do we know? I mean, they're going to end up being like the seven seed. Mm. Well, aren't they ahead of, uh, who is it, Oklahoma? Or are they tied? I think they're tied. Okay. I don't know that for certain, but in Oklahoma, I'm pretty sure that's true. Their place. Well, it, it, either way, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to make a, a good run. I would say there'd be a team that nobody would want to play in the tournament, but the results aren't always there for them. I think in right. part because offensively they've, they've struggled for not just this year, but obviously last year was a really rare down year for them and some of the other seasons. So we'll see. Um, one thing we won't see, of course, is the Cyclones in the postseason, which is, you know, I'm sad. I mean, did they – put up big numbers to this season, Mike Jacobson, Prentice Nixon, the, the, the seniors, were they four-year guys? No and no. But, uh, man, those guys really seem to care. Yeah. They're good guys. Um, you know, Prentice got pretty darn philosophical as he was approaching that last game, and you can tell that playing for Iowa State meant a lot to him. And, and you know, his, his shooting struggles are well-documented. Sometimes uh, creates a high degree of difficulty shot for himself and, mm-hmm. and, and doesn't go in. But, I mean, that guy plays hard and, you know, which they could have gone out on a better note. Yeah, it's just – Hilton. It, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And, I mean, my thing that I found kind of difficult coming out of the game, and even now, is, like, their struggles, the things that they don't do well, have been so glaringly clear for so long that now it's like, what do you even – like, what do you analyze from the team, you know? And, I mean, I feel like even, like, that 17-18 season where they were really not very good yeah. when they got last in the Big 12. But 
you know, you could sit there and, and you could kind of look towards the future of it. it's like, okay, like you want to say like, this guy needs to get better at this. Like this guy needs to get better at this. But it's like, you know, I, I feel like this team right now, like I just don't know how many of these guys are really even going to be in the rotation next year, Yeah, you know? And that was, to, that was the case to an extent with that team. But it's like the guys that you're bringing back next year, you know, the – uh, the Trey Jacksons, the Caleb Grills, even the George Condit, like you don't expect them to be superstars. You know, it's like they're going to be role players. Yeah. And I mean, even then, like that, uh, that's what they are now. Are, I don't know that Caleb Grill really is prepared to be a role player, you know, but he's mm-hmm. still out there having to play a role. And, you know, Fitzy and I were having a, a conversation and uh, texting the other day. I don't know. I mean, I think the thing that I just sense right now from the fans is, like, there's just no hope, you know, or just no, like, hey, at least, like, we got this, you know? Yeah. And obviously, people are excited about Xavier Foster coming in, but I think people are realistic enough to know, too, like, he's a seven-footer from Oskaloosa, Iowa, Mm -hmm. that is, you know, he could come in and make an impact, but, like, how big of an impact can you expect him to make? And that's what my problem is, is it's like, what... What can even be pointed at right now that's like, hey, at least there's this, you know? And um, I'm just – I that's why I'm having a hard time really analyzing them from a pure basketball standpoint because it's just like I don't even know who they're going to have coming back next year at this point. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I think in a lot of ways fans probably felt that way going into last season. I mean, nobody knew the yeah, type of impact player Tyrese Halliburton would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think people knew what type of player Taylor Horton Tucker would be. Right. <clears throat> um, we didn't know that Mariel Shayok was going to be the... As good as he, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the leading scorer, whatever he was, first or second yeah. leading scorer in the Big 12. Yeah, he was great. Um, so, but yeah, is there anybody currently on the roster or sitting out? You know, we've heard good things about... Uh, Javon Johnson. Javon Johnson, but, um, you know, Troy versus playing for Virginia... You know, a little different, different, yeah. Different, uh, sam- different sampling size and uh, group of uh, opponents uh, you face uh, on a night in, night out basis. I, I don't. I, I think Solomon Young. I mean, he, he's he's shown that Iowa State can play inside out. Yeah. Um, but do you like here? I agree with you, and Solomon's been really good here down the stretch, but. Do you want Solomon Young to be your best player? No. Like, are you going to be a very good team if Solomon Young is your number one guy? No. Your but if, he, but if, he's your, if he's your leader, uh, heart and soul guy, yeah, and he's still going to be able to routinely give you double-digit scoring and a fair amount of rebounds, and his defense has improved a ton after ever since he got taken out of the starting lineup and back in, too. I mean, there are some limitations there. Does he have the athleticism of your typical Kansas bigs, Baylor bigs? No. But uh, his heart... Uh, has really shown up the second half of the season um, more so than before. So, right. so here, uh, here, let me put it to you this way: if you go, if we go into next year and the roster is largely the same, you know, you bring in those four freshmen. If it's if it looks like it's going to be Razier Bolton and Solomon Young are going to be like your one-two punch, are you predicting that team to go to the NCAA tournament? No. Neither uh, am I. That'd just be too sporadic, and I mean, with Solomon, yeah. you can get into foul trouble a little bit. And again, if he goes up against a dominant front line, they they would neutralize him, especially knowing that he's one of their t- 
top two options yeah offensively just from a defensive game plan standpoint so you know you gotta you gotta throw the hope behind some of these freshmen being guys like hey we know they're good they're highly ranked excuse me um by recruiting services but a couple of them have to have you know again be like Halliburton be like hey this guy looks like a nice player I wonder how much he's gonna give you wow he's he's a star right away Mm -hmm. you're gonna need a couple of those guys to be the to to have that type of impact yeah and then there's I mean I I think that probably both of us I'm sure most people out there listening would anticipate there probably being some level of attrition you know whatever that is obviously Tyrese like we probably is is a like a 90 percent sure I would say probably higher than that when when you're projected to go as high as what fourth yeah I've seen it in in the NBA draft uh you never know. Guys have. I've had a lot of people try and tell me that he's going to come back, but I just, I still just don't believe that. Yeah, I do. Un- until he says he's coming back, I'm not going to believe that he's coming back. Exactly. Well, I mean, you can take it one way. He always says he never got hurt before, before the wrist thing sidelined right. him here. But does that mean, does that make you go, wow, this really stands out to me now of what can happen? You know, I'd better go while I've got the chance to go that high in the draft and, right. and versus, you know, what if another wrist happens or, you know. You want to be in there. I know there's insurance. You can do all kinds of things, but uh, yeah, I would think he's got. Would love to have him back, of course. Yeah, but, well, uh, yeah, obviously. But um, but even then, that leaves you with at least one open scholarship. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I feel like I feel like they need. I don't know. Part of me thinks they need a true point guard, you know, but they also need a guy who can be like a high-level scorer, too, yeah. and can be that number one option, just a bucket getter, a Mario Fortunately, there are guys that can yeah, do both roles Yeah, nowadays. I remember back in the day, there, there was a broad, when George Raveling, the former Iowa coach, was broadcasting games, some, some point guard made a three, and he goes, that's a point guard who can shoot. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, what a revelation, George. <laughs> great, yeah, great, great guy, you know, all the book club he did, yeah. all that stuff. But... Uh, you know, that's becoming standard now to attract that high level, a player, Iowa State, if, knock on wood, hoping it doesn't happen, a second down year occurs, you know, that gets more difficult, like we've talked about many times, about how the transfer market has changed and expanded yeah. and all that stuff. Well, and that's the thing is it's like you, you know, you're going out to recruit transfers and stuff like that to get those immediate impact grad transfers. A lot of times you need to be able to show them like, hey these are the guys that you're going to be coming in to play with. Yeah. And it's like nothing against Razier and Solo and yeah. Trey Jackson and Caleb Grove, but it's just like if I'm a guy who's like a first or second best transfer, like I'm looking at that and being like, okay. Yeah. You know, like I could go and play for Duke. Yeah. Or I could go and play for <laughs> yeah, Ohio, go, St- an Ohio right. State team that maybe has more coming back. Yeah, or- I, I could go play with DJ Carton and yeah. Caleb Wesson, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could go and play with – you know, whoever, like, you know, it's just, and that, that up, to up me and is, coming UNLV. Yeah, right. Exactly. Up and up, man, you had to throw that in there just <laughs> to get everybody fired up. But no, but I mean the thing, like, I'm just trying to say that and I'm not like trying to like crap on Iowa state. I'm just trying to be like realistic that right mm-hmm. now, like, I don't know. Like I, I, it's, you know, my friend came and asked me, he's like, give me some hope for next year at halftime on, uh, on Tuesday. And I'm like, I, I I don't know what to tell you. Like right now, I, I mean, until we see that what they're going to do this off season, 
then I, I don't know what to tell you because I just I, I haven't seen it either. And uh, that's that's unfortunate, but it's just kind of the way that things go, I guess. Yeah, I will say this about um, at Bolton and, and Young. Yeah, you, I mean, they have had dominant stretches at times. And, and the one the one thing that tells me that Bolton can really take a ne- big next step is the way, and I'm sorry, I have to bring up the the worst loss at Hilton Coliseum ever, Florida A&M, the way he, nobody was able to do anything. They would have lost that game by 10, 12 points yeah. to that bad team. Um, but he scored, what, 20-plus in the second half, 29 total. He was hitting 28-footers. He was. They needed every single one of them, and he delivered. Now, did, did they pull it off? No, because nobody else did anything uh, in the second half of that basketball game. But... I mean, and you've seen it in, in stretches, even in Big 12 play. Um, I think uh, Tuesday night he had 17 of his points after yeah. halftime. Yeah. Um, whether it be getting to the rim, he uses his body really well to draw the contact from bigger guys. I mean, and I, he's I, gotten a lot better at that, too. Yeah, and I mean, turnovers are the big problem for him, which is why he right. says, you know, he's played point guard his whole life, like most guards. But uh, I think he's much more suited to being an undersized but still very talented shooting guard um, that maybe plays the point some. Uh, but we'll see. And, so, and Solo, I mean, I never thought I would see it a time where there were times where it seems like he kind of takes over a game. Once you feed him for those little six, eight-foot hook shots, he, he can looks really like get, Rob Gray out there with the <laughs> yeah, hook shot. Back in the day, with yeah. With the hook shot, yeah. Back in the day. Uh, so I, I, I guess maybe I'm old enough. There's always hope. Yeah. But it's hard to tangibly The eternal say. optimist, Rob Gray. <laughs> you, yeah, you steer me when I'm down. Uh, you do sometimes. So, yeah, I would say I have, yeah. yeah. Um, off topic. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, off uh, topic, yeah, that's true. But um, I don't think we want to dive into that yeah. one. I think, uh, I don't know. I think there's there's a chance that they can that they can get a turnaround next year. But then I would think, I'm kind of thinking if they have an open scholarship, they, they want to attract the, the best type of sit-out player they can and probably in the mold of what you were talking about earlier yeah uh, I mean I I hate being doom and gloom guy but I just feel like if you're gonna take a sit out like man you're uh you and you just you reality is that you're then your rotation's probably gonna be Salmon Young George Condit who's gonna have to get a lot stronger before next season uh Caleb Grill and Trey Jackson who hopefully would make Massive strides. Razier Bolton, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, assuming, like like I said, I mean, I don't know about attrition, but probably, you know, either Zion Griffin or Terrence Lewis. Uh, I At this point, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, but, uh, maybe right. seek out a Yeah, I would maybe be surprised if, they're, if both of them were probably still on the roster. But, uh, and then, um, and then those four freshmen, you know, yeah. it's like, I, well, I'm, I'm not saying that sit out is necessarily ideal. I think just look at oh, the, the track Johnson, record. I forgot him too. They look at the track record of grad transfers now that every, everybody's going after them. Yeah. Over you know the last few few that we've had at, at Iowa State, uh, you say pretty underwhelming group. Ross asked me this question when I did Fanatics on Wednesday, and I'll ask you. And then we'll uh, take a quick break. But if they have another season like this. What's the, I mean, what's the outlook for them? What, in your mind, what do you feel like is the, I, I don't know how Steve Prom, I don't know that he could last through another year. Another year? Like that. 
I just don't know. I mean, it, the seat would be hot, if nothing else, going I, into into two years from now. I would think it would be similar to Paul Rhodes' final season as head coach at football. Yeah. Um, well, and, it'd be the, and, like, that was the same thing. It was like you look at what Coach Rhodes had, and it's like, what hope is there? You know, yeah. what is there right now that can get us excited about anything? Yep, yep. And, I mean, I, I still think, though, that Coach Prohm's coached a lot of winning basketball. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I guess I don't really want to speculate, but I think if the team at least shows improvement, given the likelihood that you don't have Tyrese Halliburton back, the high likelihood – and, and other bits like attrition that you talked about and unproven guys having to really, really play big roles in those uh, freshman recruits. Uh, I think that maybe buys you another one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't I, speculate I give, no, about yeah, it because we I, like I, Steve. I, but right, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like Steve, so like, yeah, I have you a hard think time with that. If they had a like, season like this, yeah. that it would be pretty hard to, to justify because of how dispirited the fan base right. is. Right, the it ties back, restless. It ties back to how many games they lose at home. Yeah. Like even those some of those bad years, you know, they, they'd still pull off those upsets at home. And they, they've basically beaten everyone they should beat at home and beaten them convincingly, uh, almost everyone, I guess. And not really competed against the teams that are clearly uh, outclassing them at this time. So um, that's a big part of it, too. The, that's a tough thing to feel, too. Yeah. You're in that gym more than, or arena more than I am. But you can feel the vibe is different. You know, fans get into it. Mm-hmm. God bless them. They still show up at a pretty good rate. It's more like, hey, I hope we win than it, yeah, we are going like to win we or expectation to win. We are coalescing around this thing, and we are going to play an active role in helping it happen, you know, they've done that too many times where it's like, get going, get going. Then they give up an open three. Yeah. After they've, you know, fought back against somebody. Well, you and that's know. so demoralizing. Yep. I mean, just to you kind of just are like, oh, well, yeah. Oh, uh, well, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's why I felt bad. Like on Tuesday night, just where everybody, there came a moment where everybody's like, oh, we know that yeah. they're not going to win. And you start to just see people heading for the exits. And it's like, dang, yeah. that stinks, especially on a, on senior night. But no, nah, this has been a very depressing twenty minutes to <laughs> open has. the show. It has, and like, I mean, like, there's I said, always hope. Right, there's always hope. Well, and like I said, like, and you said this, we both like Steve, so it's like I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, they gotta that should happen, right, or you know all that. Yeah, like they gotta fire him or anything like that. It's just like I'm just trying to be realistic, well, and it's like, and and like. Man, that's probably going to be a topic of conversation a year from now well, if, not, if we're in this position again. Nothing bothers him more than the fact that they lose some of these games at home. Oh, I mean, no doubt. A&M, no doubt. It's just a inexcusable yeah. to lose to a team of that caliber. Yeah. Uh, uh, How'd they end up doing in the uh, MEAC? Isn't that what they play in? Or the, or the SWAC? Uh, I'll, we'll talk about that after the break. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, I know they're not 353rd like they were when they came to yeah. Hilton because that, uh, that distinction is owned by the uh, Chicago State Cougars who just yeah, canceled the remainder of their season. They're, they're usually knocking on the door there every season, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they should have hired Mark Titus, former uh, Ohio State Buckeye Mark Titus, when they had an opportunity. But uh, I do need to give a quick, quick shout-out to our friends at Carl Chevrolet. If you're looking to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle, check them out, carlchevrolet.com, carlchevroletstewart.com, or at their two locations off of Exit 90 at The Rock in Ankeny. And then just west of the Des Moines Metro, out in Stewart. And then we do, I do want to say thanks to our friends at Whiskey River as well for being the usual home of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. 
I think Rob Gray and I would have preferred to be at Whiskey River so we could have a nice little uh, some whiskey, so a nice a nice beverage before, during the, that conversation. But uh, just not in the not in the cards one or in the uh, Cyclone Fanatic offices. But indeed, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk some more Iowa State basketball, talk Big Twelve basketball when we come back on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three FM and fourteen sixty KXNO AM. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. We have some breaking news here on the program. Uh, the Rattlers, Florida A&M Rattler, Rattlers, fin- finishing <laughs> finishing in fourth place in the MEAC this year. It was the MEAC tournament this weekend? Uh, I don't know, but it's an impo- it's appointment viewing. Oh yeah, no the doubt. The best thing about it's the MEAC probably on ESPN Plus is, is all these teams go on their Washington Generals tours in the non-conference. You got North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central. Remember them? The mm-hmm. George and Yang foot game. Oh, do I remember them? Yeah, um, I remember. Tied at 12 and 3. Overall, 16 and 14 and 16 and 13. Wow. Then you got... Uh, 16 and 13. Then you got North. N-O-R-F. North? Yeah. I'm trying to think oh, of Oh, North Florida. Yeah, 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 North, yeah, North Florida, yeah. They're 11 and 4, 15 and 15, and Florida A&M, 10 and 5, 12 and 14. Okay. Wait, North. Are they... Okay, that's not right. Then, I, I can't in, even think of the, who it is right now. Yeah, they're in the Atlantic Sun, so that's uh, that can't be what it is. Uh, man, I'm Florida A and M plays Bethune Cookman tonight. Well, uh, so I don't know. I'll bet it's on ESPN Plus. It's not. I'm looking at it right Dang now. Dang it! So you can't tune into the to the Rattlers tonight. Their tournament must be next week. I bet it's on YouTube or something. Oh, I'm sure it's on. Yeah, I'm sure. Facebook if you re- Live. Really wanted to seek out watching the Rattlers and uh, man, what's Bethune Cookman? The Tigers, I think. That sounds right. Yeah. Whatever it is, I don't know. I'm sure you could find it. They, they just narrowly uh, lost to, almost kind of came out with an upset win over NC Central on Monday. Overtime loss, the uh, Bethune-Cookman did. This is more than we've ever talked about the MEAC on well, uh, the somebody's, Cyclone Well, somebody's going to give me a really hard time about not knowing who North is. I'm sure I can hear. I'll figure it out for you. All right, and then we're going to talk about the, the Big 12 tournament next week. Norfolk State. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. upset over the Missouri saying, Tigers man, several yeah, years ago was, in the tournament. I was there, dude. I was in the building for that game. Oh, is that a 2-15? It was, yeah, yeah. I think there was 2-15 over twos that year. That might have been. That was, uh, I think that was when C.J. McCollum and Lehigh beat Duke. I'm pretty sure that's right. It's The tournament just gets crazier and crazier every year. Oh, uh, it's and Hopefully there will be crowds yeah. at them. Man, if only uh, everybody wasn't inciting so much to fear-mongering here with the coronavirus, maybe oh, we know. wouldn't have to. Uh, we wouldn't have to consider canceling the crowds the risk at the NCAA tournament. Is very small. At the same time, everyone should take their usual precautions to avoid illness. Wash your hands with warm, hot, soapy water. Sing, staying alive to yourself. Don't go to school or work when you're sick. Yeah, you know, sometimes that's easier said than done, but uh, that's that's ideal. Are you, you going to, to Kansas City? Are you going to Kansas City next week? <laughs> it's you and Chris, isn't it? Yeah, me and Chris will be there. I didn't know if you were maybe doing it for your uh, other other duties. Other, nope. other, yeah. Nope, nope. I think I will be uh, following along, reading and listening to your guys' fine coverage. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be down there. Um, I would say locked into the eight nine game uh, Wednesday night. I think tips at six thirty, something like that. It's going to be Oklahoma State, right? Against Oklahoma yep, State, yep, yep. yeah. The they'll uh, they'll get the Cowboys um, split with the Cowboys this season, but 
either way, whoever wins that one's going to get the buzzsaw of the Baylor Bears in yeah. round two. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I think Iowa State could win that game. Yeah. You know, and um, the way that they played in the second half on Tuesday tells me that they haven't quit. Yeah. Which, you know, that team that they had two years ago at about this time of the year, you're sitting there and you're like, I don't think they want the season to go any longer than what yeah. we do. And, yep. man, they – to their credit, they almost went down there and beat that Texas team with uh, Mo Bamba mm-hmm. and uh, just weren't able, quite able to do it. But I, I just have a hard time right now like thinking that that run's going to last any longer than Thursday at about 11 o'clock in the morning or whatever it yeah, is when, yeah. when they've got to play Baylor. Well, it's just the, the, the difference in talent is, is yeah. so significant there. You know, no matter how much fight or, or heart you, you... How much of a disappointment was Oklahoma State? They are picked above Iowa State in the preseason, weren't they? They were picked, like, fifth. Yeah. Preseason yeah. Big 12. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, big disappointment, no doubt. But uh, It's okay. Reinforcements are coming. They got Cade Cunningham, <laughs> number two recruit in the country, coming next year. Yes. Uh, they, yes, they do. I don't know. It would be... It, Typically, year after year, Kansas City is a place for Iowa State fans to recharge. I mean, yeah. how many times have they improved their seeding by winning that tournament or a good run? In this case, maybe they do get really their first true upset. I mean, yes, they beat Seton Hall without Mr. Uh, I forgot how to pr- uh, pronounce it. Uh, Mamu Kelishvili. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, so that was an upset, but they haven't had an Biggie's upset champion win. Pirates. Would, it would be monumental to knock off a Baylor. Or Camp- but I expect Iowa State fans to still go down there. It's usually, you know, uh, 10, 15, 20 degrees warmer. It feels a little bit more like the, the way you want spring to feel. And still a great chance to do what you do as an Iowa State fan ritualistically, which is get together yeah. and cheer on the team. And in this case, can be like, oh, man, why does this? Or, well, what's the hope for next season? But – it's all about getting together, and, and, and that's what cycle fans are known for, and drinking uh, beer, scotch, whatever. Well, plenty of water, too. And yeah, of course. Plenty of water as well. Stay uh, hydrated. Uh, and, hey, this year, not only do you get, would you get an opportunity to go and watch the men, you could go and watch the women down at Municipal Auditorium. I think they're locked into the 4-5 game on Friday morning at 11, uh, probably against Kansas State, yep. I think, which tough matchup for the Cyclones. Got mm-hmm. a really good uh, – Got a really good big girl in the middle that has given them some fits here during their their two games between those two teams. But uh, I just I think it'll be interesting to see the dynamic of the two tournaments going on at the same time. And the unfortunate thing is that if you know even if Iowa State wins that one and moves on to Saturday, well then they get the prize of playing against the number two team in the country in the. Yeah, for the second well, time. Again, the Baylor Bears. For the second, so. second time in, uh, I guess it would end up being like six days. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they do play them on Sunday, I guess, at Hilton Coliseum. So go out and check that one out. I'm sure if you know, if you can't make it to Kansas City, at least you can see uh, Kim Mulkey and her team uh, in Hilton Coliseum on Senior Day. I think if Kristen Scott can get healthy. What a crappy day draw for the Cyclones. <laughs> I was talking to Coach Congrats. Fenley. Talking to Coach Fenley, and he says this other time. He's like, he's like, man, seems like, I don't know. Some of our last eight senior days, they sent us Baylor. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what's going on in the Big 12 offices. He, he just said this before, but it, that is something. Yeah. I mean, it's like, come on, can't you, you know, give it, yeah, yeah you know, whatever. But uh, right. Ashley, was, jo- Ashley Jones has Kansas. been spectacular, even yeah. when she's not scoring, had 20 rebounds. And that win they had to get at Kansas, a convincing win. 
um, over the last place Jayhawks. And uh, if Chris and Scott can get healthy and, and you get some, you know, you've, you've got some nice contributions from some people that you didn't necessarily expect. Um, I don't know. There's a chance for them to, to make some noise, uh, a little bit of noise in the tournament and a little bit of noise in Kansas City, I think, as well. Yeah, and I think that it's just – it'll be – like, it's good because Iowa State, if they could win on Wednesday – and then you play on Thursday. If people are already down there, you know, why not stay one more day? And the like the women play in the morning on Friday. Yeah, so I think I think that tournament starts Thursday. It does Thursday. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So the women will. So practice. the men win if the men can win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a nice. Uh, See, it's just a nice little week. Like you can still have fun down in Kansas City. You can still stay in fantastic potentially barbecue. stay until Saturday. Yep. Just won't be there in the Sprint Center Saturday night like we usually are. Mm-hmm. I will ask you though who. What do you what do you think is going to happen? Who who are you kind of thinking is going to play for the championship next week? Kansas and it's a moment of truth from Rob Gray. That's got to be the top two. Do you think so? Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I think the golf is it's so not big. very often that it is. I know, but how how often is it that the top two teams have? Three losses combined. combined. Yeah. yeah. It's usually when Kansas shares it with someone or they barely cling on. It's like they're 12 and four. Yeah. And the other team might be 12 and four, or, you know, or it goes from 12 and four to three teams at 10 and six and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. I just don't see anybody being, yes, is anybody, a lot of teams in this league are capable of, it, it's been such a weird year because it's not just Iowa State that when they get down big tend to, you to almost certainly lose. Mm-hmm. That's true of most of the league, too. And it, it, I think it's because of better defense, generally speaking. And the, they league. Just, the league is just, in general, they play really slow. Yeah. I, someone told me that the Big 12 is like 30th out of the 32 conferences in tempo. Which is crazy. Yeah. Two uh, years ago, they were, or two or three years ago, I think it was, they were like sixth. Yeah. Or something like that. And number one might have been the MEAC, where you've got... You know the Citadel that plays at. Uh, you got North. Yeah, you got North. You got Norfolk, <laughs> Norfolk State, and uh, and then you got Florida A and M, and they all Cookman. Yeah, Bethune Cookman. Dude, there was one year Southern, uh, I think, in the SWAC, where they played. Um, they had the lead in tempo by like, like thirty possessions. They had thirty more <laughs> possessions per game than any every other team in college basketball, and their color on Ken Palm. The red, you know, because it's like in tempo, it's like the faster you play, the redder your little square is. Yeah. Uh, it was like, I don't even know. It's like the color of those jerseys, the, yeah. the Brian PV jersey we have up here. It was like luminescent, like a red light. Right. It's almost like it wasn't just color, but it was, yeah. there was a light behind it. Well, it's like it, they almost played so fast that it's bad, you yeah. know? They, they played so fast that they were like Darth Vader's lightsaber. <laughs> Ah, yes. The Jaguars. The Jaguars, yeah. Go Southern. Hey, there yeah. we go. The, man, we've talked a lot about the small conference basketball, but it's uh, – You do what you got to do. We're in the spirit of the season just because the small conference tournament's all getting well, on. Well, and it's going to be as crazy. This week. I, I, I remember when it used to be just stunning when a 15 beat a 2, the NCAA tournament. I, I'm to the point now where I expect it to happen – or, or almost happen every single year. Let me let me just say that no one will be shocked when the uh, Northern Iowa Panthers, the Panthers, are in the Elite Eight this year on the back of Larry Bird, most valuable player, AJ Green, and 
Ben Jacobson's crew. And the legacy uh, big man, Fife. Yeah, yeah. It's his first name, Austin. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've, I've watched like two of their games, and every time it's one where A.J. Green doesn't play well, and that guy does. <laughs> but that's what it's like. They got a nice group. They got a nice group. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see that if someone did jump up and bite them, potentially the Drake Bulldogs, who, have, who opened their run through the Missouri Valley Tournament tonight mm-hmm. against the uh, Redbirds of Illinois State, uh, you know, if they would still get into the dance. I think they would. I think they should. Yeah. But it'll be interesting They played to see. in that Cancun tournament with West Virginia, played mm-hmm. them close. Went and beat, beat Colorado on the road. Yep. Yep. I mean, they've got the pedigree. That should matter. You know, they've, they haven't been very good most of the last, what, three, four seasons, but you've yeah. got all these things in the past that, you know, first-class program coach, um, you would hope so. Uh, I don't know who legitimately could knock them. They, they've, they haven't. They did lose to Loyola on their own. Yeah, and Loyola's going to have a chance. I think uh, Southern Illinois beat them at their place. Um, they gave them a good game in, uh, in, in the McLeod yeah, Center, yeah. too. So sometimes it's just matchups, but... Uh, be nice to see them to roll all the way through and uh, have another. It's always good to dial up uh, Gary Rhyme on the radio and yeah. If uh, I'll I'll know that Sunday's going well if I can turn on CBS and, and have the game on my TV, but then turn on the tune the TuneIn app or actually, well, I mean I guess you can't do it on iHeart, but uh, turn on the TuneIn app and have Gary Rhyme on the Panther Radio Network. It's tough to get it synced, though. Yeah, it is. You're you're wired still, aren't you? I am. Yeah, yeah. We young people, <laughs> we we stream. <laughs> but the delay is not is not great. It might actually make because on they apps, might be closer. On apps, then. the yeah. audio yeah. is uh, is so delayed a little bit too. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I mean, I have a DVR, so I and can there just, are ways to sync them a little bit too. Well, I could just. You know, yeah. Pause it re- until the point of yeah. Or you just get rewind a little, it. Or you something. start to hear Kah! and then you get the thing boom, and then you get, <laughs> resume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I need. But all right, man. Want to talk about uh, talk about about a little bit of fo- football stuff when we yeah. come back? All right, we'll do that on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three FM, fourteen sixty KXNO AM. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Program, powered by Mechdyne, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM as well. Jared Stansberry, Rob Gray. Rob Gray's still deep down the Florida A&M rabbit hole here, learn, just it learning get, everything he can about gets, the season. It gets more and more depressing Yeah, as I look at their previous losses of the season. Who's that one to? the Portland, uh, are they the Pilots? Yeah, the Portland Pilots. Portland yeah. Pilots. Yeah. Uh, Two I've weeks, been right near Portland weeks, University. Yeah, two weeks before shocking the world at Hilton Coliseum. Thanks for the reminder, Rob. Yeah, let's get it. Let's let's forget about the Rattlers. Let's talk forever. About, yeah, let's talk for not. Do you think they'll ever well, be invited back to <laughs> paid to come back? Well, yeah. Uh, no, I'm get, Yeah, I'm gonna think Mike Byers is gonna be like, we are just gonna. We're done with the Rattlers. We're, we're, we're done with the we Rattlers. Didn't want that yeah. name to even come up. I, no. I I apologize for mentioning it so many times. It's all good. I've I've steered you back towards them <laughs> over and over. All right, fo- spring football now less than three weeks away. It's uh, 19 days until the start of the spring football season up at Iowa State. Been doing my position previews, 
here over the last couple of weeks. Their wide receiver one will drop on Friday, so everybody can look forward to reading about the wide receivers here over the weekend. Uh, these positions are not very exciting. The first three that I've done, quarterbacks, running backs, and now receivers. We all kind of know who the guy is yeah. at each position. Obviously, Brock Purdy. It's still exciting to think about what you got there, though. Well, yeah, Brees Hall. Exciting to think about what Jerome Brock. Yeah, and that's that was what I was going to kind of say. Is like, it's fun to think about who like the next guy could be, you mm-hmm. know. And even at the quarterback position, it's like Aiden Bauman, who uh, will be the you know probably the number two quarterback at least during the spring until Hunter Deckers can get on campus and yep. they can do, battle it out in the during fall camp for that spot but uh I think the running backs are interesting just because you've got Jirel Brock who came in as such a highly touted talent um and we didn't really get to see a lot of him last year did play in four games got a handful of carries but wasn't ever you know, the feature back or anything like that. But then you've got Johnny Lang and Kanae Nwongu yep. coming back too, who, you know, they're obviously upperclassmen. Kanae's going to be a senior. Yep. Johnny's a, a junior. You know, I mean, I, I think that that's going to be one of the more intriguing groups when you look at the kind of the hierarchy behind the starter. Yeah, there's great depth there. And as long as the offensive line, yeah, you lost three-fifths of it, uh, you know, can be – Decent. I'd say step up. I'm hoping that some of the guys that we didn't see a whole lot of your Rob Hudson's, uh, you know, uh, Ramos, Joey Ramos, uh, some of these guys are, are, are ready to be big time, big 12 performers. That, that's a, it, it, Iowa State wants to run first. Iowa State wants to win by beating teams physically. If that line is up to the task, if you can rotate four guys in like that with Kane's top end speed. Johnny Lang's kind of got a little bit of everything that those guys have. We saw glimpses from Brock and we saw a lot, um, you know, from Brees. So, I mean, it, that's a, I think, I think they're as close to the blueprint for how they want to run an offense as, as, as they've been given the uh, talent and depth in that room mm-hmm. for sure. So like, what are the things to you right now that are just kind of interesting like if, if i said Brown long Grant, snapper what are, yeah oh yeah i mean i say that sort of in jest but steve Wortel was so good how about his combine yeah he's big time at the combine um fastest long snapper in combine history and that's saying something four seven six i mean maybe he'll be a linebacker at the <laughs> see, hey maybe matt campbell held steve Wortel back Iowa State football held Steve Wirtel back. <laughs> should have played him. Uh, yes, yeah, should have played him somewhere else. I'm just throwing it out there. Possibility. I, I seem to remember that. That's that's a remarkable time. Oh yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I remember that Jerry Rice ran in the four sixes. Seriously, back in the day. So you're saying Steve Wirtel? Maybe it was Steve Wirtel could end up as the all-time leading four, five, receiver eight. in NFL history. <laughs> Maybe it was almost four six, but it was pretty pretty slow. But obviously, he was a great receiver, knew how to get open, and once yeah. he caught it. He'd make the right moves, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, just imagine if they're in a 40, he's not finished. He wouldn't have finished that far ahead of him. Yeah. That would have been fun to watch. Well, the thing about the 40 is it's like there's a very clear difference, like, between, I mean, tenths of a second, like, oh, yeah, 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 quite yeah. a bit, you yeah. know. But, uh, dude, it's 476. Is, that is booking, dude. Like, it's moving. Man, there, you see some of those big guys moving. And it's like there was one guy, an offensive lineman that ran, like, a 4-9. And you're like. It oh, looks like he's flying, isn't it? Right, exactly. It looks like he's a 315 like a Jaguar. Pounds, yeah, you're six like six foot six. Yeah, big loping strides. Dude, like, dang, man, this guy's a 
it's like a freak of nature. Like, yeah. man, I wouldn't want to be on out on the edge if he's Good coming Lord, out he's on a pole. And, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you see that big dude coming at you, you're like, I'm just gonna make a business decision and fall down. Yeah, you're a linebacker, you know, an undersized linebacker or something. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah, I slipped. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh man. I don't know what happened. I just, I just, <laughs> missed the hole. Sorry guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I, I that's going to be a big position, but obviously the, the lines, I mean, yeah, I think the lines are the two big ones because the interior D line, line was, especially, yeah, it could have been better last year. And the same is, is true of the offensive line. Uh, it's still got to catch up. It's still the position group that, that has the most ground to make up if they want to be elite mm-hmm. and, um, they're knocking on the door, if not already there, at a number of the other position groups, and and that's got to take another big step. And uh, that's that's you know it's not the sexiest stuff to write about, right? Linemen, but uh, you know it's what wins you football games. I do think group. I do think like uh, getting eyes on the Trail Bankston will be a good one, just mm-hmm. to see what he looks like in pads when we get an opportunity to go and watch them in their first yep. practice. Uh, I just thought of this, but Jamal Johnson, I bet, will put together a pretty nice little 40 time. Yeah. During their pro that. day. He's a very good athlete. Yeah. yeah. He can move. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got that, what uh, what would Shane Burnham have called him? Called him, that Joker's got Joker. some quick twitch yeah. to him. Yeah, you know? definitely some quick twitch. Got some quick twitch to him. Uh, but that, yeah, I just thought of that when we were talking about big dudes running the 40, and then I was thinking about Latrell Bankston, and I was like, man, I bet, bet Jamal Johnson will run a pretty good 40 for a big big fella there at their pro day. But, uh, I, so yeah, the lines, I think that, um, I just want to see like some of these young offensive linemen. We haven't got to see them really, you know, like we've obviously Joey Ramos, like checked in for a couple plays yep. here and there, but I want to see him. Like, I want to see Rob Hudson. I just want to see what they look like as a unit. Like what, wh- how big do they look? Like, do they just, do they look like a legitimate big 12 mm-hmm. offensive line? And I think they will. Um, you know what? It lost in the shuffle, Sean Foster. I mean, how awesome would it be for a guy who, I mean, he was a pretty highly touted recruit. Hasn't really been able to make all the connections to, to, to put it translated on the field. We all remember that Iowa game where... Um, we certainly do. Uh, yeah. AJ Abanessa. Really, yeah, he really struggled. Um, it would be a great feel-good story for a guy that, by all accounts, is a really good program guy to maybe have a huge off season mm-hmm. and be able to come out and win a spot and, and, and have a huge impact. Uh, Cause I think the body's there and the mind is there. It's just a matter of, you know, putting it all together yeah. maybe uh, it, with, with great confidence, but uh, you're right. I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of intrigue in that room. And, and I guess that's exciting because some of the guys you don't really know, most of the guys we knew were going to be doing it last season. We knew. Yeah. from watching him play with a yeah. number of starts. All right, last thing. Got about a minute here. Give me your prediction. Cyclones going on the road to end the regular season in a elite home arena. The Bramlage Coliseum, the octagon of doom, uh, the octagon of eliteness uh, against an elite defensive team with an elite head coach in Bruce <laughs> Weber, uh, playing always playing with the elite effort an elite, in Manhattan. An, an elite fan base. Yeah, and an elite fan base. They got base. a really nice park I walked at the last time I went there for football. Do, do they? Yeah, I'm sorry to waste this minute. Uh, I'm going to, to, to stay in the uh, uh, realm of hope, I'm going to predict Iowa State uh, keeps Kansas State from 
winning yet again. Uh, Gets their Cyclones secure their first road win of the season. Yeah, big big three point shooting performances by Trey Jackson and uh, Roger Bolton, and uh, double double from Solomon Young and the Cyclones get it done. I hope we see it, man. I hope Me so. Too. Thanks, man, for coming in. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to our friends at Carl Chevrolet. Check them out at CarlChevrolet.com, CarlChevroletStuart.com. Thanks to Mech Dine being the, being the presenting sponsor of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. We'll talk to you guys again soon here on the Morning Sports Station 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO AM.